0: Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim Wildman uh, with Fred Jackson. Steve Paisley Jordahl yeah. uh, joins us. Good morning, Hello. Steve. Good morning. Donning that uh, Paisley tie. It is Paisley. Uh, Ray Pritchard's in Kansas City. Uh so I want to apologize to Fred and Ray for I just dominated the whole last half hour <laughs> with Jenna. It's uh,
2: a you- great conversation. It was, was excellent.
1: Yeah. Excellent. You want to say anything, Ray?
2: No. Nope. About that, I, or,
1: or do you again, want to do? Just, fr- you want to go frozen and let it go? I
3: just let it. Just okay. let it go. This, okay. by, but by the way, Tim, this is Valentine's Day. Sure is. I wish, I wish to say to all the men out there. I was thinking about this during the break. It's not too late. It's not. It is still Valentine's Day, right? It's not too late. Just a word
2: to the wise, there.
1: Right. So you pick up those burgers, guys, on the way home from <laughs> That's work. That's right.
2: Do something. Hey, honey, we're heading to the drive-in. We're drive-through.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the drive-through. Through. The,
2: drive-through yeah. <laughs> the drive-through. Right.
1: <clears throat> no, I, I think sometimes it's better to do nothing than do something <laughs> bad, Fred that's a
2: good that's a good point yeah it's a a, it's a good thing it's february you know if valentine's came in june (laughs) you pick up a dandelion out front of the house (laughs) i thought of you honey i was thinking of you on the way that's right dandelion
1: but the the thing (laughs) blows away before you walk inside huh um but it's a thought
2: that
3: counts Yesterday, I went to the. I was at uh, the, the local supermarket, and I was doing what guys do on the day before Valentine's, looking for a card, <laughs> looking for flowers, and there were two other guys there. And I said, well, thank goodness, guys. I actually told them, thank goodness, guys, we didn't wait till the last minute this year. And they just started laughing because we've all been there early, yep. on, thanks, early on Valentine's Day morning. So, anyway.
1: All right. Well, listen, there's some, there, there's some uh, great news out of the state of Kentucky Uh, which is uh, where Asbury uh, College is, Asbury College and Seminary. Maybe you've been reading about this and seeing it on the Internet. We sent out an email here at American Family Association this morning detailing as much as we could what is uh, going on there and what's being called the Asbury Revival, which is spreading across the country. And uh, Brent Williamson is uh, an evangelist and – He's going to tell us what's happening there in Asbury. Uh, Brent, good morning to you. Good morning. I guess is
4: uh, are you in Wilmore? No, I'm. Um, I'm actually in Ohio. I'm about two hours and forty minutes from Wilmore. What's your relationship to Asbury? Um, nothing except for the fact on the second day of. The beginning stage of the revival, I heard about it through a friend of mine that went down there and just spontaneously I told my wife, uh, we were out on a date night for my birthday and I said, Hey, let's go down there tomorrow. And she said, okay.
1: When was that? How
4: it all, uh, that was Saturday morning. We, uh, we went down there, left Saturday and arrived about 2.45 PM and we left a little after 9 p.m., and it felt like I was there maybe an hour. All
1: right, tell our listeners what's going on. Yeah, so
4: um, they shared some testimonies down there, long story short, of how it started. You know, we've had revivals there in the past of nineteen seventy nineteen seventy 1970 was the last big one, and that spread throughout the country as well. And I don't know if anybody knows this, but an interesting fact, I'm not saying this is spiritual at all, But the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 1970 when the revival started in Asbury. And so here we are again. And they won again, so I don't know why. But anyway,
1: all right. What's but, your
5: email, uh, Brent? Cause we're
1: going easy, Ray. Easy, Ray. We're
4: right.
5: going to let our listeners comment to you directly, from God right there
1: on your uh, on your super on, on your uh, Nostradamus uh, take on uh, on yeah. on the uh, I, I, people. Yeah. Brent's just kidding, okay? Brent and I we've never spoken. Yeah, yeah. We don't know each other, but I know the brother. Yeah. I know the brothers kidding around yeah. right
4: there. But uh, you yeah. know, being sarcastic. Yes I mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Ray, you want to ask about this talk about this?
3: Okay
4: well, so. so what I can share real quick is
1: okay, Brenton so and Ray. 20
4: people yeah, so 20 people started uh, at the chapel service. It was a regular chapel service uh, on a Wednesday morning last Wednesday morning at 10 a.m uh, just, they were it was the anniversary of the 1970 uh, revival. And then twenty kids just really began praying and seeking God in the chapel. Um, and then they started texting other people. They began prostrate on the floor. God was really moving in them. And then one of the kids, uh, students, I said kids, one of the students um, said after a time of worship and prayer, he looked up and there was hundreds of people in the chapel. And from that point on it never ended and it continued twenty four seven. The lights never turned out. There was people there at two o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, all the way through, singing, praying, uh repenting at the altar, and it's been going on like that since last Wednesday at ten AM. Uh twenty four hours so Amen. And it's going on right now as we as we speak now and they've just opened up. There was there's such an influx of people coming in now. People are literally flying in from around the world, and they've opened up uh, a third chapel. They want to second, they open up a second chapel for the overflow because people were standing outside. And last night, they had just announced they opened up a third chapel for the overflow. So, right?
3: So, Brent, this is the whole thing is, is fascinating. Uh, I didn't. You, you added one fact I hadn't heard that that the chapel service was on actually the anniversary of what happened back in 1970, which was a mm-hmm. hugely, hugely significant event some 53 years ago. So let me ask mm-hmm. you this: we, we, we. So many of us have been praying for a move of God, an awakening. Mm-hmm. Why here? Mm-hmm. Why now? Why this? Tell us. Tell us, and I know we're asking something about the mind of God here, but why did it happen mm-hmm. here and now this way?
4: Mm-hmm. Great question. So you have what I call for, what, and it's been called fertile fertile ground, and I think this is the third third revival um, that's happened that I know of for sure. So you've got Francis Asbury, you know, in the eighteen hundreds, early eighteen hundreds, that swept that area was a great evangelist and it actually the college was originally called Kentucky Holy, or yeah, it's called Kentucky Holiness College. That was the original name and they switched it to Asbury for the Francis Asbury Evangelist. And there's been so much prayer and intensity for revival in that area at this college uh, for all these years and someone you know, people said it's a, it's a mystery. We don't think God is sovereign, uh, but I believe that there's been so much seed that's been planted through Francis Asbury, who was led by John, uh, John, or John Wesley uh, to start the Methodism uh, church, you know and, and it' just spread and it, and it continues. I think I think it's still fertile ground, obviously. Um, I mean I'm, I'm saying it in a nutshell but it's it's a mis- mysterious, but it is something that God is doing and using.
1: Hey, uh, we're talking to evangelist Brent Williamson, uh, from Ohio who went down to Asbury, Kentucky to see for himself the revival that has broken out there on campus, which is reminiscent of what happened has been referenced here in 1970, which had, as Ray said, huge ramifications in the Christian community. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what is your, how can people follow you, Brent, or how, how, how you, uh, you know, how, how to contact you and that kind of thing.
4: Yeah, so I'm on Facebook. You can just go to Brent Williamson on Facebook. You can follow me there. Um, I, have a, I have an open page where you can just follow me. Also, um, we have another ministry called Effectual Parenting. It's dealing with biblical discipleship with your kids in the home. Uh, what we call is Revival in the Homes. And you can go to Effectual Parenting um, on Facebook or Effectual Parenting on Instagram. You can follow us there.
1: All right, Brent. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you being on with us. God bless you.
4: Thank you very much. All right.
2: Yeah, It's interesting uh, that it's, it's, it started uh, this, this particular revival starting amongst young people. We have seen so many surveys in recent years, Barna and others, where uh, the numbers speak of a drift away from Christianity by today's youth. And in particular, even amongst those who self-describe themselves as evangelical Christians. So I find it very interesting that this revival really primarily involves young people at this point. And there's been other Christian colleges from other states that are getting involved. As our guest just said, people are flying in from around the world. So it is fascinating and a blessing to hear that these are young people, and they are leading the charge in this particular revival.
0: Steve? You know, the thought that comes to my mind is that uh, you mentioned something about uh, the mind of God. Asking about the mind of God, uh, we've been praying for a revival in this country. The church has, because of where we see our culture. Um, but I'm not going to put God in a box to say that uh, it, that it will work itself out as such and such a way, and and to, that we're going to see people you know god will do what god is going to do and it will glorify him and it will bring um the church I, if this is the the revival in the sense that it it uh it was in the 70s it it's going to have ramifications down downstream um but i don't want it for some reason i just what what hits me is well what if it doesn't uh, overturn all the transgender madness that this country is going through you know there's people that are that so oppose god so oppose god that i don't know if a a revival if if that will sweep that i don't know but i I'd, i'd hate to be in the position of being disappointed when the revival actually ends up doing something completely different than what i expect but it's god's move amen brother what's the next story All right. Um, I wanted to talk about... uh, You could be a preacher if you give up (laughs) this gig right here, Steve. Yeah, let's not. Your passion.
1: uh, Well, Now, you'd have to go somewhere that accepted Paisley, you know... That
0: would be... I might... Ties. A a new denomination. I
1: don't know if that, you know... (laughs) But anyway, go ahead.
0: All right. Um, So, I was listening. uh, Heather and I came back from some time away yesterday and we were driving, and she put on a, uh, an audio show. It was uh, Dr. Drew was interviewing a woman. Her name is Dr. Naomi Wolf. She's a journalist. She's a Rhodes Scholar. She's what some people call a conservative feminist. <laughs> uh, anyway, she has been talking about the release of some documents from Pfizer. A judge a while back ordered uh, someone did a FOIA request That's
1: freedom of information. Freedom
0: of Information Act request from Pfizer uh, through through the FDA, through Pfizer through the FDA. And Pfizer was arguing in court that they wanted to keep this secret for 50 years. They were going to release 500 documents a a month or whatever. The judge says, no, you have to release 55,000 documents a month. So they've been coming out. Related to what? Related to the vaccine. COVID vaccine. COVID vaccine? vaccine.
1: When did this happen? Well, I thought they, they were sealed for like seventy-five years.
0: The judge says no. You got there, so they are releasing them now. The judge, um, yeah, he said. Where are you getting this info? Well, um, Bloomberg is talking about the judge. The okay, the, um, the judge. I mean,
1: that's a reputable news service. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, the judge on January sixth ordered the FDA to produce at least fifty-five thousand pages per month. Well, so. Um, Dr. Wolf, Emily uh, Wolf, got a team. She says it's way too complicated, too much, and too complicated for a layperson, or a journalist to understand the medical stuff going on. So she got a team. She got a hundred or more medical professionals going through these documents, and what she found is chilling. And among the, uh, we've been talking carefully about the uh, the sudden deaths, and could they be related to the vaccine and the spike proteins and everything? Well. What the documentation is, is finding is that something called lipid nanoparticles, I guess, are, are spreading throughout the body when you get the vaccine. And I want you to hear it's, it's, it's affecting women's health, women's reproductive health specifically. And I want you to hear a little bit about what Naomi Wolf was talking to Dr. Drew about, Cut 15.
5: The lipid nanoparticles traverse every membrane. That means they also traverse the placenta. So Pfizer knew that the lipid nanoparticles were traversing the placenta, and they knew that um, babies were being born uh, early because the placentas of women were um, uh, being uh, made not intact. And in fact, that the lipid nanoparticles go into the, ba- the, f- the fetus, right? They go everywhere. Pfizer knew that um, you know, in, in this chart that shows all the menstrual dysregulation, There's so much spontaneous abortion and miscarriage. And in one section of the Pfizer documents, there were, you know, Pfizer told women not to get pregnant during the trials, which is interesting, right? It's a respiratory disease. What the heck? But uh, some of them got pregnant nonetheless, 270. Of those, Pfizer lost 234 of the records, which I gather is illegal. You're supposed to follow the subjects to the end of the trial. But of the 36 women whom they followed to term, over 80% of them lost their babies. The babies died.
0: 80% of the people that were trying, 80% of the pregnant women who were, who got vaccinated lost their baby with the Pfizer vaccine. Now there's other vaccines that may have a different, it doesn't necessarily implicate Moderna or any yes, although I don't know. But Pfizer has some, she is finding some smoking gun documents all right. Just to be
1: clear, so we don't get a letter from the Pfizer lawyer today right. here telling us to cease and desist giving bad information over the radio. Uh, again, uh, who? What's your? Well, I know who the source is right there. But where? Where are we hearing this from? And can people access this on their own? Yes,
0: uh, they can. So um, we're. This is Doctor Naomi Wolf. She was on. Doctor, I've heard of her. Yeah. Yeah. She's an author. She's several yeah. published books. Yeah. Um, and a reporter. Uh, she has a website. Um, I will find it. In, I wrote it down somewhere. Um, Daily clout. Daily clout is what she she's where she's okay. Doing some of this. Is that but wolf
1: I'm, with an e or not an e? No e. Okay.
0: W o l f. And I went to ask Dr. Drew, and he's got all this stuff. Um, Archive there. Just push okay. on it. And you can okay. watch the whole interview.
1: It's that's where we got this interview from. Yeah, that it's we're more
0: using. than an hour long. Uh, it has a ton of stuff in it. But uh, I thought what she said with and that she's quoting and looking from internal documents that were ordered released by a judge from Pfizer. Pfizer knows this stuff, and uh, the the so she's.
1: You know what? Quite frankly, uh, Ray, you comment on this, Fred. Uh Nothing would surprise me that we learn of in the coming months and years. I say nothing would surprise me. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, as it relates to the long term ramifications or even short term ramifications of the COVID vaccine shots on people, uh, because uh, it was rushed through, it's called Operation Warp Speed. And the pharmaceutical companies who, and I know there's some people listening to me that might disagree with me on this. Uh, but I I appreciated, I mean, maybe, uh, listen, the pharmaceutical companies were in a tough spot. They didn't ask for this virus pandemic to hit the world, but they were asked by President Trump and and a lot of people to hurry up and get us a vaccine because we we want to we don't want to see people suffer and die from this by the millions so get this to us as fast as you can that was a charge given to the pharmaceutical companies including Pfizer and so all their scientists research and development people they all went to work and we got uh, what was called operation warp speed and and it was rushed to market right yep in what six months
0: yeah, uh, uh, something or, that everybody was saying was impossible.
1: Six or eight months, something like that. It seemed like the pandemic yep. hit in March here in the U.S., and we had a vaccine by, what, uh, November?
0: Something around there, yeah. Around
1: yeah. the presidential election day. Anyway, so uh, now in return for um, the pharmaceutical companies, bypassing a lot of tests that they would have normally done to get this vaccine to the public, they wanted uh do you call it, Ray, indemn indemnification? Is that what you call it? Y'all know what yeah. I'm talking about? Indemnified, you, right. In other words, you can't right. sue me. You right.
3: can't sue me, right. Okay. Dismissed liability.
1: Dismissed liability, there's a legal term for that. I think it's a in, but indemn- I'm not sure.
3: Indemnification, right.
1: Uh but anyway, so uh And you can't blame them, okay? To me, you can't blame the lawyers for those companies going, listen, if we're going to be asked to get this rushed up, if there are problems associated with it that we don't know about that could happen, we don't want to be sued and lose our company because you're telling us to hurry up and get this out there. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So so we'll see something. But now – that's different than hiding. Right.
3: Right. It's the cover up, right? Yeah. It's the refusal to admit the bad news that you know about. That's the general principle anyway. Right. What gets us in trouble. Right. Anyway. And all we're doing is Steve saying we're just passing
1: along the story. Right. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, Steve, what do you think about this?
0: Uh, you, I you, you, I think it's like you guys are saying. It's never the crime; it's the cover up. Uh, <laughs> um, right. What they're the the.
1: You think people are dropping dead because of heart attacks associated with blood clotting from the shots?
0: I am not a doctor, uh, but I do think so.
1: You, you think that?
0: I do. I think that uh, because so much they just had a a statement from uh it was it Demar Murray a Demar Hamlin Hamlin that that the guy that had a heart attack on the field of play, and he was at the Super Bowl. Someone asked him, have the doctors told you what caused this heart attack? And his answer was, I don't want to go there. Now, if if it was caused by sudden a blow to the chest. Well, he did get
1: a severe blow to the chest. Uh, but right.
0: why wouldn't he say, well, this doctors say that it caught my Yeah, head I, don't I don't know. I don't know. His it's, answer was, I don't want to go there.
1: Okay. I'm just well, saying. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know. So much speculation, and I. Well, I'm just
1: saying, it wouldn't surprise me the things we learn uh, that are negative about the about the uh, fallout from the rushed vaccines. Because, as I've said many times before, we all we all watch television. For those who watch television, uh, some it doesn't take you long to run on it, run up on an, uh, an ad from a lawyer or a law firm. Hey, if you took this uh, medication. Back in nineteen ninety nine, right. then call our law firm because it causes cancer, right? Uh, huh? That's every night on, that I watch. Tell when I watch TV, those you gonna Ray, you're going to see those. Well, back in nineteen ninety nine, they would have said, "Hey, take this medicine; it's safe and effective." Right? Uh, and if you right. don't want to take it, what are you, some kind of conspiracy nut?
5: <laughs> you know right. what? You, you right. know what I'm
1: saying. So we learned things subsequent to. Uh, uh, the facts that we thought were true at the time.
0: One of the differences here, though, is that the government has been pushing this. The government has been mandating yeah, this in that's, many cases, that's, so the government isn't indemnified. <laughs> Maybe Pfizer or and the the vaccine companies well will have some protection from lawsuits. But
1: and that was that was what was so immoral about people being forced to take the COVID vaccine shots. Are you lose your job? Right. The government did that to people, as did private companies. That's shameful.
2: Yeah. Huh? Well, the good thing is we're two or three years down the road from all of this, and the latest data coming out is that the American people aren't swallowing the pills anymore.
1: No, they're not uh, taking booster after booster after booster right. after
2: booster. That's right. And growing three heads. It ain't happening. So the American people, you know, the they're the jury, and they have rendered their decision on this. And for the most part, they're saying, I'm not going there anymore. Although, if you grow three heads, you could
1: probably get rich pretty quick. Just, you know. Join the circus. Yeah.
0: Can you imagine arguing with yourself, though?
1: No, just have your own website. (laughs) That's right. Or do dances with your three heads on TikTok (laughs) or something. I mean, you could monetize that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, your family might not want you over for Thanksgiving (laughs) anymore. uh, All right, Ray, thank you.
3: Thank you, Tim.
1: Uh. Appreciate it, Steve. My pleasure. Thank you, Fred. You bet. Uh, we appreciate everybody who was on with us today, including uh, our own Jenna Ellis. And uh, again, thanks to President Trump for giving her that interview that we aired this morning. Pray for the folks in uh, Kentucky at Wilmore at the at the revival, and for the folks in Michigan. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, everybody.